Tony winners all, they are the toast of musical theater, Broadway's leading ladies. Hello, I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theater Wing. Our program will look a little bit different today. As part of the Broadway League's Back to Broadway celebration, we partnered with the League in producing this panel of leading ladies and taped it before a live audience at the Times Center. Our panel included Laura Benanti, Beth Level, B.B. Newirth, and Alice Ripley. Welcome to Working in the Theater. A question for you all. Barring present company, what was the last stage performance that you saw that really blew you away? When I saw the revival of Kiss Me Kate, um, it's actually a duo, Michael Barres and, and Amy Spanger. Hmm. What they did together in that show really blew me away. I wanted to eat them both. <laughs> I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> yet. How about you? Um, well, I have seen some things that were phenomenal, but I did see something a couple years ago that was, I think, maybe in a way the best thing I've ever seen in theater. Wow. Um, there are better plays, there are better actors, there are better stagings, but for all of a piece, um, there was something at uh, St. Anne's Warehouse a couple years ago called, called, uh, years ago called Black Watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I saw it three times. Wow. <laughs> and it, I was uh, just dumbfounded and speechless and um, kind of wobbly and couldn't walk or wow. talk or, or explain to you why. But it was just phenomenal. And as I say, it's not that it was the greatest play I've ever seen, or the, but it was, everything about it was brilliant, and t all of the aspects, and together it was just monumental. Going back to it more than once, did you see different things in it? Did you respond mm -hmm. to it differently each time? Um, no, it still, it still moved me just as deeply each time, but I was... I, I, I thought, oh, here comes the part with the letters. <laughs> oh, here comes that choreography. And, I, and, and the second time, I was able to try to learn the choreography from my yes. seat. And, uh, but I just, I just. <laughs> I love that image of you. Like, going in the aisles. Oh, BB's here again. There she's learning the box step. Ah, oh, here she goes. All right. She thinks nobody recognizes you. When you see a show, you are transported. You leave the theater, and it stuck with me so much. This one I saw so many years ago, but it was Dreamgirls, mm -hmm. and they went to do Step into the uh, Step into the Bad Side. Uh, I, ooh, 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 ooh. I know the choreography, <laughs> and I left the theater. I was absolutely transformed, transfixed. And I left the theater uh, with that show. I still, if anyone ever asked me, it's that moment in Dreamgirls. Uh, it's one of the reasons I think I'm in theater as well. I also, I have two, because I just saw something more recently, a play, which I never get to see, um, which was Reasons to be Pretty. That's what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. You oh. <laughs> <laughs> guys sorry, are matchy-patchy. Yeah, <laughs> so that was, I just absolutely loved the, the work from all of the actors. Ladies. And um, was having play envy. My husband is in that play. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was so great. I love the like, husband. <laughs> <laughs>
clapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was mine. Okay, sorry. No, 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 no I'm psyched. If you, if you had been like, that was a terrible play, wouldn't that have been awful? Be like, <laughs> <laughs> take it back. We'll fight. We'll duel. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's my play. That's my thing. that's why you like it. Yeah. The only reason. <laughs> no. I thought it was so brilliant, and I and what I loved about it was that even though I knew it was my husband, and I was terrified going in because he played such a horrific human being, I thought, well, I'll hate him. I forgot it was my husband. You know, mm. within two minutes, I was just like, you are. I hate you. But it wasn't him. It was this other person. I must have felt yeah. great. It was awesome. I was like, punch him again! Punch him again! <laughs> there's this, this, there's there's a, a fight in it where they like beat the crap out of each crap other. Crap out of each other. And I told my mom, I was like, mom, it's going to be really <laughs> awful when this happens. Just It's going to be fine. She said she was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my choice, too. So yeah, I'm glad yeah, you I've forgotten your husband was in it. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. Can you go to the theater and just lose yourself in it now? Or do you find yourself still going, hmm, that's an interesting choice. I wonder how that well, came depends. about. Mm -hmm. yeah. It really depends does. on the piece. Um, I saw The Pillow Man a couple of years oh, ago. Okay. And um, you know, I, I knew a couple of the actors in it, and I was sitting really close, so you could see everything. But I was terrified. I actually, I had to move to the back, watch the second act from the back of the house because I was so terrified they were going to open the bottom file drawer. If anybody saw it, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, it, 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 I depending on the play, the piece, the, um, the acting, you can, you can go away like you did for Dreamgirls mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like I did for Black Watch. Yeah. yeah. I do think the danger, though, is that it can be like a bit of a busman's holiday where you feel like, oh, on my day off, I have to yeah. go see something, and you're like, hope Rrr. they don't have an intermission. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, 90 minutes, awesome. Here's one act. <laughs> but, then, yeah. but then for me, when I'm there, I'm always like, why do I not do this every second? Every time, every time I leave the theater, I go, I should do. be doing this on every single yeah. day, day off. Because it feeds you. I mean, if it's good, it feeds you. Absolutely. If it's, if it's not, it's also there's two hours, I can't get back. Right. <laughs> but you never know. Right. You do you know. also find um, that you also find that when you watch particularly musicals, I go, I could still play that part, maybe. I don't. <laughs> like, like, kind of file it back there and going, wow, when this job ends, maybe can I, whoo, okay, I, can, I can maybe do that Okay, part. I have to tell you this. Okay, too high, okay. too high, yes. So you come on in the, in, in the show. Mm -hmm. You come on in the show, and I went, oh, that's fabulous. I wonder what I, oh, my God, she's just so brilliant. I, there is nothing left to find there. She, that happened, exactly happened to me, and I was like, Oh man, I oh, you oh, oh, that that is so sweet. I love you so much. That is so gracious. Thank you. Kiss me. No, we're not really. <laughs> we're gonna make out. They're making out backstage. Alice is naked. They're Spice things up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't do anything. Mm. I had a camera. Mm. Liar. Uh, <laughs> the innocent one. YouTube. Send. <laughs> so sweet. So I want to ask. A, really a three-part question, but I'll do it in three parts. I want to start with originating a role, and then I want to move on to playing a role in a revival, frankly, something that you may have seen other people do, mm -hmm. and then also a discussion of what it's like to actually replace someone in the same production. Oh. So starting with originating. Okay. Well, I've originated a show and replaced, and understudied, too, so... I think that they're all different. But I, I always elect to go for the original material because um, 
then you own some of some of the whatever the ecosystem is that's being created here mm -hmm. with the show. And then, like, if you're going to play Evita, you would have to just steal everything from Patti LuPone <laughs> or from um, Elaine Page, right? She played it before Patti mm -hmm. did. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do that, you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, and then once you look at it that way, when you do it then, if you're recreating something, then um, it, it's still different because it's you and you're so different from everybody mm -hmm. else. So. But like you just have to like copy as much as you can. Or actually, what is it? Amateurs copy and like pros steal or something like that? <laughs> so steal it, I guess. I'm still delineating oh, that, that obviously. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your patience. I mean, B.B., right now you're in rehearsals for a brand new musical, yet you're playing a character that has been portrayed in other interpretations of the source material. Right. So how much are well, you following what the public perception of Morticia Adams might be, and how much can you make Morticia well, Adams yours, or what the authors say Morticia Adams now is? We are, we're basing the show um, on the cartoons. Because the TV show was based on the cartoons, the film was based on the cartoons, we are based on the cartoons. Um, you know, I was a little girl, I was a little girl in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> 50. Um, uh, I was a little girl in the 60s and I wanted to be Morticia Adams. I mean, it was very, very deeply imprinted on me. And um, so, in some ways, it, it's, um, I'm trying not to remember too much, but on the other hand, Carolyn Jones was so brilliant that she brought out some things that are in the cartoons that I also see in the cartoons. I mean, there's a reason that she resonated for me so much. Mm. Um, so it's, it's a tricky thing. It's original, but it is uh, an archetypal figure. So it's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating process. Um, I did do something. Um, here Lies Jenny was an off-Broadway thing at the Zipper Theater, and that was brand new. And um, that's, it gets surreal sometimes if, well, that one in particular got surreal because, you know, there are reflections of yourself that are in it, and it's, it's, it's you, it's not you, it's the character, it's not the character, and it's, it's very um, mystical. It's a mystical process. I know with Drowsy Chaperone, um, this palette was so blank with my role that no one really knew who the woman was, what purpose she was to serve in the storytelling. So they kind of gave up and cast me. <laughs> <laughs> because I think they just didn't know what to do with the role. They said, well, you know, just give it to Beth, just see what happens. And I had the privilege of having so much input with the creative team and they would sit there and go, well, that's funny, let her do that. Oh, well, oh. So I, it was such a privilege to really, I feel like we all gave birth to Beatrice Stockwell, Drowsy Chaperone, in that original company. That's like the only experience I've had when it's been that pure. As we stumble along, cross life's crowded dance floor, as we Push and we shove, we live and we learn. 
I hope yeah. in my life again I can experience something that loving mm -hmm. and joyous. Well, let's contrast that. You just gone into Mamma Mia mm -hmm. a week or so ago. Ah, uh, yes. And a part that has been played internationally in other languages, etc., etc. Et How much opportunity do you have within that show to make it Beth levels, and how much is it Set. that character exists, and you have to, to hit mm -hmm. certain marks? It's interesting. I think it, I think we got, could all have a very interesting story about replacing some shows are very much set. This is the role. Um, fit the role. Fit the style of the role. Fit whatever. With Mamma Mia, and I'm so grateful to the company and the creative team and the producers. It was like, here, what can you bring to this role that's Beth level and new? And we re some of it. Wow. We choreographed a little bit, you know, just to make the role of Donna Sheridan through Beth Level genuine. Hmm. And it's a blast. And I think every person that comes into Mamma Mia has that opportunity. And that's a real gift. So thank you to the Mamma Mia people. Oh, <laughs> it's smart to do that also. I mean, unless you're in something, you know, that it really is a machine and it has to do going into a chorus line, my first job, going, and that, you know, you really have to, but, you know, if you bring in somebody like Beth, I mean, that's only going to help your show if you say, well, let's let her do what yes, she does. Yes, of course. You guys, and, and tailor it for that, like if a new soloist comes in to um, perform a dance, you go, well, they don't do these, but they really do, do those, those well, so right. let's give her more turns, or yeah, let's, yeah. you know, do that, and it, it only, and it gives more energy to the company, I imagine. Mm -hmm. It injects a little inspiration. Smart. Exactly. Laura, originating versus? Well, my first job ever was understudying Rebecca Luker in The Sound of Music when I was 18. Oh, right. And then when she left, I replaced her and when I was 19. And Richard Chamberlain was Cats and Was not 19. Yeah, you're not 18. <laughs> 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 he was, uh, but he was amazing. Mm -hmm. But, um... Very so sexy. He was very sexy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that experience for me, because I had gotten to watch Rebecca, but she and I are so different that it was like I couldn't possibly try and do what she had done because I would have just looked foolish. So... And then, of course, there's Julie Andrews in the back of your mind. But um, I guess because that was my first job, and then I have done a lot of revivals since then, I kind of always felt kind of like what Alice was saying. Of course, you have these amazing women who everybody else is thinking of. But if I think of them, I'm screwed. So mm -hmm. I just have to come at it from what's on the page. And I feel like my only allegiance is to the character and to having her be seen as fully as I, as I imagine her and the director imagines her to be. Let me entertain you And we'll have a real good time Yes, sir
I'm rehearsing a, a play now, Sir Rules New Play, and um, I know they had done a production of it at Berkeley, but I, I didn't see it. So we're in rehearsal now, and it's, it's really similar to the, what you were just saying, where I feel like um, Les and Sarah are so wonderful. Les Waters, who's directing it, uh, and Sarah Rule, who wrote it, are so wonderful at just saying, well, how do you feel about it? I'm so jealous it's, that you have that job. It's oh, a great job. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, I'm psyched about it. But, yeah. you know, just things like, well, I think I'd like to try to sit on the floor here. And they're like, okay, just randomly sit on the floor. That's a great experience. On, on the other hand, sometimes there's... Um, uh, when I went into Dan, when I, we were going to do Dan Yankees, I I watched the movie again to see Gwen do it. Right. Not that I was going to do a Gwen imitation, but right. I wanted to know who Lola was. Right. And the way to find out who Lola was was to watch Gwen Verdon. Right. So I I studied that just to understand and uh, working from the outside in, right. as I do as a dancer, right. well, somebody's sitting down, like you say, sit down on the floor then. Why did she sit then? Well, right. let me see what it feels like. If I sit down, that will tell me something right. oh, about her in that moment. Yeah. So if I, and so sometimes I think it's, it can be quite helpful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes well, to see what works for them and yeah. then how that applies to you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel if it's not broken, don't yeah. Uh, but particularly replacing yeah. if I yeah. if I replaced like Andrea Martin and Young Frankenstein. That's really what broken. I was saying before. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, steel. Pretty much, yes. if it's a successful, if it's something you want to do again, right. it was probably done successfully already once. Right. So like steal everything. Right. But it's different because it's really you. Even if you steal yeah, it. Yeah. So it's going to come right. out. I mean, you're, yeah, you're never going to get everything you want. We all know that. What was that? To steal. We did an understudy of Sweet Charity once and. Um, after rehearsal, he said, "Do it if they're doing it and it works. Do it." Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was smart. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know. And I, I think the distinction that you have to make is, as you said before, is interesting. When you said amateurs copy, professionals steal. So you're not to copy something. You know, means to you know, there's something on the surface, but if you steal it, you're actually right. making it your own and you are investing in that, then yeah. there's something, you know, within yeah. it that... the mandrake. ...becomes you. That's you know, squealing. Look it up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Howard knows what I'm talking about. Just act like you do, Howard. Absolutely. What the hell? Am I allowed to swear, by the way? If you feel compelled. Just in case. I mean, I am sitting next to Bibi. Damn. I know I can say that. Laura, you made a comment about Relax. you have to be faithful to what's on the page, right. and it's between you and the director. Mm -hmm. But when there are things, how do you all bring to the director, and do you sometimes bring to the author, what about this, or I think the character might do that, or is that something you will Depends on who it Depends is. Depends on who the director is. <laughs> Thoughts. And who yeah. the actor is, too. Yeah. I don't know. If you're uncomfortable, nobody's going to... Nobody's, nobody's going to be comfortable. I She's mean, right. if you're uncomfortable, and what I mean by that is, if it's not happening for you and you've tried everything, why not say, I, I, I'm uncomfortable. What, how, help me. Help I mean, me help the work look better, too. Well, help yeah, me. I mean, you have to service the play. Mm -hmm. That's the whole mm -hmm. point, is to service the play. You're not just playing your part. You're playing your part in a piece. And mm -hmm. you know, the way you play it, you have to... You, you make choices that will service the whole. And if you are, you know, all wonky in there and it's not happening, you go, I, I, 
I, I'm sorry, I, I need help here. Or I'm, now that it's up on its feet and we're walking around in it, sometimes you find, you know, sometimes at a table reading things, yeah, that's fine. And then you get up and you're walking mm-hmm. around and you go, ooh, this isn't, this doesn't feel it's right somehow. Like you just have to speak up with tact, diplomacy, and politesse. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, you know, theater is a people business. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is about family and community, fellowship, for lack of a better or more efficient word, I guess, you know? And so you have to be open to that in the rehearsal space. And maybe if you aren't making something happen for yourself in the rehearsal space, it's because there's something you need to literally talk through with somebody in the room. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a personal thing that shows up in the work you know, that you can address either then or later. I think outside. some directors and writers are more open to questions and feelings than others, too. I think you have to kind of know your audience, so to speak, with them, mm-hmm. you know? As we've been talking about your relationships to roles you've performed, I'm curious, those of you who have created roles in shows, have you ever had the opportunity not even to go see who may succeed you in the Broadway run, but have you ever ended up out in another city and gone to see, you know, a totally different production of Drowsy Chaperone or a totally different sideshow and seen what people did with the part that you first performed? I haven't seen Drowsy. I would love the opportunity to do that. I would love it, love it, love it. And wish I could steal whatever I saw. And when I, I, hope to, I hope to get to do it again sometime in my lifetime. But I haven't. I haven't. Have you ever seen? Well, you've seen Chorus Line. I haven't. Yeah, but I didn't Chicago. originate Chorus Line, oh, and right. I didn't originate Chicago either. That's that's uh, Cheetah. But the current production certainly that that oh, you yeah. in that I've revival. Oh yeah, I've gone back to see the show Chicago many many times. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. it's fun. But what's, <laughs> is it is it fun, or do you see you know again do it's you see fun things you say? You see Gee, I wish I knew that then. <laughs> Um, no, I feel very satisfied with, I, you know, I did it a lot. I did it for two years and then I kept going back. Oh, now, you have to imagine this with two people. It's swell with two people. First R. Then she. But I can't do it alone. Then she. That was really interesting um, to, you know, to a year later come back and play it for another couple of months and remine the material, hear different things, feel different things. And um, that was an interesting experience. Honestly, 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 it's a lot of fun until I see things that I wish weren't happening on stage. And um, then it, then I just don't look <laughs> mm, <you laughs> because like there's nothing I can do about it and um, but that doesn't and honestly honestly that doesn't happen that often I mean that that shows in very very good shape and there's uh, wonderful people in it so was there a specific <laughs> moment that you realized you wanted a career in theater we're always starting I with you mine involves Alice oh what yeah Aww. you yeah. did um, a show a King David Mm-hmm. And I was like in high school, and I saw it, and you had your back to the audience, and your back was so beautiful. And I was like, 
Oh, you know, when you're in high school and you're just like chubs and having a terrible time. <laughs> when you have like a giant afro and acne. Um, I saw your back and I was like, and then I just thought you were so amazing. And I remember saying to my dad afterwards, I was like, I want to be like her. So that's what I'm like. It's the truth. Fantastic. That's so nice. It's true. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my, mine was earlier. Mine was um, in college. Mm-hmm. I did a show, and I'd never felt that before. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like, oh, I think I can do this, maybe. Was it the first show you ever did, or was it a particular show that suddenly clicked? It was a particular show that suddenly clicked. It was The Good Doctor, which is a Neil Simon play that's not done very often. And it was so satisfying to play comedy. It's kind of like a drug. They would laugh, I would do more. They would laugh, I would do more. It was like, bigger, oh, I know, <laughs> And the rest is history. The end, that, the end of that run must have been something. Yeah, right. Three hours long. <laughs> Come on. It was really... It was really Bibi, when when did the bug well, really I, bite you? I, you know, when I when I was four, I saw ballet and I said that's oh, what I wanted oh, to do. Wow. So um, I started taking ballet lessons when I was five, and I never considered doing anything else but be a dancer my whole life. Um, so uh, at when I was thirteen, I'll tell you this: when I was thirteen, and somewhere in the back of my mind that I did not want to examine was the 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 terribly painful realization that I was probably not going to be a professional ballet dancer. And uh, that coincided, dovetailed karmically with me going to see, um, when I was 13, I went to see Pippin on Broadway. And um, I was sitting up in the gods, and I (laughs) saw them, and I went, okay, I'm going to dance on Broadway. Because I didn't really know about theater. Uh, dance. I only went to ballets. I didn't really go to the theater. I I saw one musical before then. Um, I said, I'm going to dance on Broadway and I'm going to do that guy's choreography because I understand that and I feel that and I I knew that. I did not know when I was 13 that I was talking about God because it was Bob Fosse who choreographed that. I didn't know that. All I knew was that it resonated so deeply for me and I knew that, so I made this subconscious shift inside of myself, and I stayed in the ballet, and I stayed in ballet class, and I was performing with a, um, a regional ballet company. Uh, but my, my focus, I was going to dance um, on Broadway for Bob Fosse. Uh, and so that was the moment. Worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that worked out really well. Yeah. I don't ever remember that having that moment until I'm already an adult and in the business. Hmm. Wow. When I needed to be rekindled, you know. So what rekindles you? I mean, I always, I just always knew where I was going to be mm-hmm. in that respect. I think it comes from my family. You know, the kind of support that you get from a family that um, just lets you be as much as a family can. I mean, you know, we had very rigid roles in our family, and I had to break away from that. 
but I always knew what my job was, you know, and that was part of it, it's like to do what I'm doing now, so it feels great. Laura, you yeah. just com you commented earlier that, you know, right now you're working on Sarah Rule's new play, yes. and before that you had done Chris Durang's new play. Yes. Um, yet, in putting together this panel, part of what we did talk about was women who'd done parts in major musicals. Is there a desire on all of your parts to be known as musical performers, as dramatic performers, as comedic performers, and do you find it easy to get other people to think of you for things other than musicals? Well, for me, I just always feel like I just want to do interesting and good work. And I love singing, and I love acting, and I like doing them separately, and I like doing them together. <laughs> so I don't, I, I unfortunately, much to my like manager's chagrin, <laughs> I'm not really like, I'm going to do this, and it's going to lead to that, and then I'll get a picture. You know, it's, um, <laughs> I just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I just kind of do what people, I just try to do the best work I can and hope people hire me. So, but I do feel like there is occasionally, and I think it's getting better, but I think there's occasionally a stigma attached to being a musical theater performer that like, you're really big, or something that somehow means that you can't the do EGA. a play. Yeah, and I, and I feel like, no, I just can sing also. And like, that person can't sing. So they do plays. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so. <laughs> Name names! <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? I just, I don't think that they need to be mutually exclusive. But I do think in our society it's easy for people to be labeled and Absolutely. it's easier for people to go, she does musicals, she does straight plays, she does comedies, she does TV, she does film, she does this. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, people like Bibi who do everything. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's ultimately, at least for me, that's my goal, is to have a diverse career like that, you know? where you get to do it all and people go, yes, you fit here, yes, you fit there, yes, you fit here, yes, you fit there. Mm -hmm. Do you all feel that way? Um, I, f I'm s I agree completely. Yeah, I Thank love, um, every day is like, well, what's next? Right. What, what's next? What am I doing next? And if yeah. it's a play, fantastic. I love, love, love musicals. I love to sing. I love to have that expression. Mm -hmm. Have my voice found through song, through a character. Sometimes it can be a dramatic character and it's, um, so that's where I'm very happy working, but I will never say no to any opportunity that will pay me on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing anyone said. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm so excited <laughs> for all of us to see what happens to us next year mm -hmm. when we're sitting here talking about uh, whatever I, we're talking about. I, I agree also. I'll tell you what, what, um, what I find limiting, I think. I think this is limiting, is if you're funny, um, and I'm curious what you think of this, my experience is that if you're funny, even if you happen to be funny and some people might say sexy too, you are not going to be taken seriously as a romantic interest. I have never, I don't think I've, well, times have been very rare that I have been cast in a role as a serious romantic interest. Sexy, yes, and funny, sometimes dramatic, but never. I think there's a thing, and I think this is the society and our culture, is that funny women are not romantic women. And that's so, uh, you know, uh, um, I, I, 
have felt that their uh, limitation has been placed on me um, because I have been funny. Hmm. I think Aww. conversely, too. I can completely see that, baby. So totally see that. <laughs> yeah. no, I can see that. I mean, excuse me. I'm, I'm having an intimate affair with my microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can completely relate to that. I, I really can. I can feel how, how some of the musical roles have limited me. Oh, sure. The, the, um, the, the, you know, the archetypal musical... And expanded. Is the, sorry? And expanded oh, in other yeah, ways. Yeah. But the archetypal musical has... Um, the leading lady is um, a romantic ingenue, and she's got a best friend who's funny and sexy, tough as nails, heart of gold, Dances great and belts. On right. stage, please. But she steals the show. <laughs> but she steals the show. Because conversely, I feel like when you do play the ingenue, you don't get to be funny. I mean, I can't even right. begin I'm to tell you. I'm not complaining about oh. those parts. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, yeah, I dig right. them. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's I those thing. parts. But I'm saying yeah. that once you leave the musical theater oh, and right. you start talking about plays, right, you were right, asking right, about right. plays and TV and film yeah. and all the other things that we all do. Right. That's where, right. you know, that's, that's where we right. stay, those of us who are uh, funny. And conversely, I have to say, I cannot tell you the amount of times people say to me, I can't believe you're funny. Mm. <laughs> you know, right. where you kind of go, really? Really? Well, just because I'm a soprano? <laughs> yeah, just cause, yeah, exactly. Just because I can see that I see. Well, the women's movement yeah. was what, like 30-some years ago? I mean, more than that. So it's only taken 30 years for it to yeah. start to show Shift. on the great white way. And Patti LuPone says it takes 30 years to get a Tony, so something's round about that. <laughs> well, she said once every 30 once years. Once every 30 years, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so you've all got your roles boy. ahead of you. Yeah, wait to see what role that's going to be. <laughs> 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 It'll be the funny, sexy second banana, I'll tell you that right now. Oh I mean, at 80-some years old, that's right. <laughs> Watch that. Kick your leg up to your head. So as we're talking about this, is there are there roles obviously in existing shows? We can't talk about shows that haven't yet been written. But is there a role you'd like to play or roles that you don't think anybody would ever think of you for? Romantic ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I haven't even listening. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> for each of you, are you seeing anyone I'd like to ask you out? <laughs> Truthfully, I kind of feel like I'm doing that in Mamma Mia. Oh, wow. it's, no, I'm not the funny girl in Mamma Mia. I'm the romantic lead that three men are falling in love yeah. with. Wow. And that's it's fun. That's fun. It is so much Heart's fun. Hearts all around your head. What, baby? Hearts all around I your know. head. Right? It's, just, it's a great, um, it's really, really fun for me to be playing someone like Donna. Hmm. And to be the romantic lead. What? <laughs> what? And yet nice. they still, like I said, have given me permission for it to go through Beth Level's filter. So uh, some of the scenes may be a little dialed left of center, but still <laughs> truthfully keeping with the yeah, uh, story's attention and serving the play and the authors, mm -hmm. uh, how the, everyone wrote it and singing Abba's music. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the boys. Mm. Alice, something you don't think people might think of you for that you've, you've always been eager Sweeney to Sweeney Todd. It's just this, like a snide answer to your question, Howard. I mean, I'm used to it. <laughs> uh, well, let me think about that. Jeez, um, I really can't think of one. I mean, I'm thinking more in like in terms of 
play role, roles in plays. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an unusual enough step to take right. where it might answer, you know, fit in with the answer that you're asking mm. for. You know, it's just, it is, it's an unusual, like Laura was saying about how, you know, you do kind of become in, in an alley as far as like what people see you as when you're in the musical. And, and a musical, I think, maybe it has a lightweight reputation. Maybe it doesn't anymore. But um, if it ever did, I think it's because if you see a lot of musicals that aren't done very well, it's because they're hard to do well. Mm -hmm. And then you come to Broadway, and hopefully you see people that, that really are good at doing you know, They're like experts at doing this. And then you see a quality that, that hopefully you can kind of like shoot for everywhere else. That's what I think anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think New York is the best city on earth, right? Me too. So. Mm -hmm. Well, in a musical, you have, to, you, you have to be able to talk and you have to be able to sing and some people have to be able to dance and some of us have to do all three. And it's at the not same easy time. to find people who can do all three at a, a, a certain level. That, you know, that those are hard. It's hard to do those things. And, um, and so maybe, you and know. There's no one saying cut. You know, there's right, no right. one focusing a light right. on you and getting the camera just right and, in, and sitting there and just look like that. And then cut, and you go, genius, brilliant. Right. You go, really? <laughs> I wonder. You know, uh, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. So it's, it's really there is, um, to perform in a musical theater, in the musical theater, you're performing without a net. You're performing tight all, everything in a row. You know, the curtain goes up, and you're off mm -hmm. to the races, and mm -hmm. then it all happens and you know the audience is, is looking at you and you're and you're in it <laughs> I'm sorry I've had a long day holding up well you know it's it's hard still, is what I'm saying it's it's, and, well. and, and we work very hard for long many years to um, be able to sing and act and dance and make it a performance that's interesting so that the audience has, you know, becomes part of the performance that you're engaged in. You right. gave an interview that I saw BB a few years ago, and you did said, I make any sense? You were awesome, yeah. and I steal from this interview constantly. Nice. Um, you said something where you said the thing that you love about being in a musical is that when you no longer have the words to speak, you sing. Oh, but I didn't say that. Yeah. But I steal it from, and, and that really the, I think it was Jerome me. Robbins said that oh. in a perfect musical. Right. The people are talking, and right. then when you can't talk anymore, right. you're going to have to start right. singing. And if you just can't sing anymore, you're going to have to dance. Well, that's why I think when a musical is really magnificent, there's literally nothing better on the earth than seeing that happen because it's nothing that ever happens in life. You know, right. I mean, scenes happen in life. Yeah, but, but people breaking into song doesn't normally. But it's interesting because they're in our in our lives, in a, in all of our lives, there are moments that have music in them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you when you create a show, you go, that person just told that person they're in love. There's music in that. Yeah. They're going to have to sing. And, and then in, when they and finish, in they're going to have to sing. And saying that, you really put the focus on the scene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and You're telling the story. That I don't know. It seems to be. Um, the most, it seems to be the part of the musical that is the, the most difficult to find 
at the right balance, the scene work, mm -hmm. and how that integrates with the, the music. And, you know, I think the idea of a sung-through musical, like, I don't know, like Les Mis, is it sung-through mm -hmm. pretty, much? pretty much? I mean, that's, it works beautifully. Mm -hmm. It's like the musical, is it's almost like it's supposed to be that way. And in the golden age, they kind of, you know, they were making it up, and yeah. so it was so wonderful. But it, the form, and that's the form, right? Mm -hmm. The form, the scene, the song, the scene, the song, or song, the form has to change. I think that anybody would agree to that. Well, you're the telling form a has story. to change over time. Well, so you're telling a story, and depending on. It has to be, you know, a slight edge to it. Uh, I, would, I would say it doesn't have to be, but it can be. So some, some shows you want to sing through like that. And some, so you want to talk a little bit. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, it just it depends on the piece, and it depends on how you've conceived it. You know, the writers and the the creators have conceived it. Sometimes, uh, you know, it it needs to go through those stages, and sometimes the whole thing just needs to sing. Mm -hmm. So I think. But then I think that maybe the book is the trickiest part to get right. For some reason, mm -hmm. well, it's all hard, though, isn't it? I think so, but I think that when I when I say the book, I mean that like the the idea, because that's where the idea is. Mm -hmm. Oh, the story. The book comes from the idea. Yeah, the story. That's what I mean. But also, like you know, how it's pieced together with the with the songs, if that's the form, and also how the story flows through the how the action flows and the story flows through the music when it's sung through you know, and how those are different. And I think that it, it's good to have different forms. I like the idea of a 90-minute show with no intermission. You know, I love too. when those are around. It's so refreshing. Well, mm -hmm. it's interesting. When you, you talk, I've talked to a lot of performers in musicals, and when they talk about creating characters and this idea of when you can no longer speak, you have to sing, in a play, you can speak at your own pace. You can even vary the pace. Now a director will give you direction, but when you're actually in the moment, things can change. In a musical, when you're expressing the heightened emotion, you are on a pace that must essentially be kept. And does that define the emotion for you, or must you find the way to keep what the music is telling you to feel? Well, a really well-written song, I think that it you, you want to do it. You'll want to do it that way. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like really it. good choreography, you'll want to do it. Really musical choreography, you'll want to do that step to that music. You'll mm -hmm. want to sing. That's the best way to tell the story. Yeah. You work with the conductor. It's always a tug of war, though. With like, yeah, that's right. It's always a tug of war with what's happening li like right now with the audience and on stage because stuff happens, you know. Right. Even when it's the same, it's never the same. And like, it's always a tug of war between that and what you feel because... You know, you walk in there, you, you bring everything from the day with you. You, you're not, you can't wait to let go of it. It's like your gym, and it's going to be different day to day. Although, you know, you, you, during rehearsal, you set up this, this you know, structure. It's like just a, a beams, that house, just like the frame of a house. And you take that on stage with you every night, and you just like, what is it? Flock it however you want it, you know? But um, however you can get away with, basically. Just depends on your director and everybody else. I feel like but I think most right. of the time, you do have to do it very, very much the same. As far more than just hitting your marks. I mean, emotionally, in your inner monologue, that ha you really want it to be the same night to night. I find that that really helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. But there is that variation on that theme. 
um, that maybe even the audience would never know. Right. That I've had yeah, the you've worst got the day structure, ever. You know? And this song now has that much of that in it, and yet I'm still serving the play and the author's intentions, but that, that's what's great about live theater, eight times a week. You're not gonna see exactly the same thing. Just and then you get to heal yourself, literally, in you front of the audience on stage. Yeah. You, get to, you get to like express yourself if you're, ca if you're well cast. I feel almost more free with knowing that I have this many bars or, or this, these notes to sing my feelings within. I, I, I feel freedom with that, I don't know why. I'm curious about your relationship with audiences, not during the performance, but in this era where it seems people clustering at the stage door has increased. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have certainly, I assume, people write letters to you. How much do you interact with the people who reach out to you, and how much of you can you hold in advance? I think there are people that think I'm a jerk because I don't usually go out the stage door because I don't want to get sick. I end up oh hugging my. everybody and kissing everybody and shaking everybody's hands and then I get pneumonia. Hmm. You know? I'd hug you if I could. Well. <laughs> but you know, I feel it's bad about better. that on some level because I feel like, especially in this day and age and kind of how expensive theater is, I feel so grateful to the audience. If I could hug every single one of them, I, I would like to. But for me, I do feel like after a show, I'm, I'm tired and I feel kind of <laughs> weak a little sure. bit. And I feel like I, I really can't, I can't get sick. So mm -hmm. I, don't go, I don't normally go out the stage door, which makes me feel bad. But I figure, well, the next audience will get to see me then because I won't be out. It's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, a balance I'm trying to discover. Mm -hmm. um, finding my time and yet being so grateful for the words and the, the care and the support that people give us for doing our work and being affected by our work. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a balance. I'm still, every day I try to figure it out. Um, I, with Mamma Mia now, I'm really wanting to go out the stage door and say hello. And there's, but I didn't go Sunday night and I felt guilty because I just didn't want someone. My babies. And then it was like, and of course I got a note that someone was there with him. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. darn it, but just gone out. So I, it's, it's a constant journey for me, um, finding that balance. But that said, I'm, I'm always think, grateful. Uh, you know, I, I go out the stage door uh, once, in a, once in a while if I'm something. Depending, uh, given certain circumstances, I might go out another way. But I generally go out, for the most part, go out the stage door. And um, I, I just feel like that's... Within that context, there is, though, uh, a line that I feel um, sometimes is, you know, everybody is so different. I mean, everybody, you get a theater with 1,150 people in it, that's 1,150 different people. Some people um, are fantastic. For the most part, people are fantastic at the stage door. Every once in a while, you get people who say things that are offensive. Really? to you and um, they don't maybe they don't know that it's offensive right. but it might be a little unthinking it might be a little um, I don't know well certainly if, if, if you've just come out after doing a great show and somebody says I loved you on Frasier you know mm -hmm. then it's like 
Well, how about this? Yes. What's I that? was playing I Velma. That. I can't wait. <laughs> oh. How about when I was playing Velma in Chicago, and I came up, and some uh, came out, and someone said, "I didn't know Lilith could dance." Uh, sure. hmm. Am I wrong for being I a little? I always hoped that she would. Pole <laughs> <laughs> dancing wasn't in back then. Though. I don't know. I, I maybe I'm too sensitive. I am too sensitive. I am too. I am too sensitive. Comes um, with the territory. And mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes I get uh, offended by hmm. things people say. And and but for the most part, you know, um, I think it's part of the deal. Part of the part deal of the is you go out the stage That's door right. and you, you. Um, you know, the, the audience is part of the show. That's the thing. The audience is not um, something, oh, by the way, there will be people in the seats tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it depends on the show you're doing. The performance That's important for the audience to know, too. I maintain that the, the performance happens, it is an energetic exchange. Yes. We, it is a metaphysical experience. We give a performance, and the audience receives the performance. You can feel that. The energy gets exchanged from the minutes the house lights go down. And so does saliva. And that is <laughs> and that is what's happening. So you can't ignore that. You right. can't say, show's over, I'm out of here. You can. Uh, but the, to acknowledge that we're all part of the same event, we can't happen without the audience. And the audience comes to see us. And if they want to come back and say thank you and 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 this was whatever he said thank you so mm-hmm. it's it's tricky when there is um but let me ask you alice because we know. were talking in the green room before we started and i actually we were talking <laughs> about the show you're in next to normal some elements of what your character goes through and we know each other casually and i revealed to you something very personal about my family and how i related to the show because of that do you get that? Do you get people who want to talk to you about not even you, but what your character has just gone well, through? I mean, that's all anybody ever talks about. Hmm. Until I get to know somebody, you know. Because then I get to know who they are. Hmm. A- and then you're just like people talking to each other. But no, ev- <sighs> not everybody, but it seems overwhelming the amount of people that, that think that I'm Diana. Mm-hmm. Oh. I miss the mountains I miss the highs and lows All the climbing, all the falling All the while the wild wind blows Stinging you with snow And soaking you with rain Isn't it an honor to have people um, be able to have an experience because of your performance yeah, and, so to be, much, and to so much convey so. that to you. I think that's an Oh, it's incredible. An no, and I, I, I honor, I mean, I, and I really look forward to my stage door that in the show that I'm doing right now. I really look forward to that because I need to see the faces of the people that, that experienced what we experienced together inside the theater. And, um, and I do, and I, I see their faces, and I hear their stories, and, and you know, I guess the, it, it's one in five, but it's, it's more than that. It's like every other, every other face that I What's that I in meet one in five wants, what? One in five. Um, wants to talk about the subject of the oh. show, which is grief, hmm. sure. in my opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a strong one, I guess. The theater is extremely powerful. 
And we are all very privileged to have had people in audiences convey to us um, the impact of certain performances or certain experiences in going to the theater. And I, I, I think that's, um, that's a, a remarkable thing about the theater. It is our tribal fire. We all gather around it to tell stories and to be a community. And sometimes it has a, a really remarkable impact on us. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll start going at the stage door. <laughs> <laughs> Just nobody touch me. <laughs> what, what is the experience of going into audition for you? I, I auditioned for the Durang, and I auditioned for the play that I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So I audition all the time. I think people have a misconception, too. They thought that once we win a Tony Award or once we work consistently that we never have to audition again, and that's... It's kind of not true, and I respect it because I don't know the director. Yeah. I want them to want to use me and not just be me exactly. thrust upon them of all that that exactly. is. It protects you, too. Correct. Because you get to try out the material as well as them. However, you're probably going to hate me for this. I really like auditioning. I do, too. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> cross stitch, cross stitch. Cross stitch on a pillow. <laughs> You I, always don't know why, but most actors really don't. You always audition. You don't necessarily get jobs from the auditions. You get jobs from maybe from other things, from other ways. You know, other people, people that you know or people you've worked with, mm -hmm. you know, situations that you happen to be in. But you always have to audition. I always get scared when I have one because I don't have that many, not as many as I used to, you know. Just they kind of, I only go out for what I, what I really want to go out for, mm -hmm. I hope. God, I would have gone out for this if I'd known this would have had an audition. I didn't know. <laughs> awesome. I hired they were so nice. Oh, we, just, we, we just made an offer. It's a very bizarre, it's a very bizarre uh, situation, an audition. It's a very surreal thing. To, um, first of all, it depends upon the auditioners. Mm. And there are people who are... It's astonishing how rude some people can be eating while you're, oh, while that's you're the worst. taking phone <laughs> Name calls names. and texting. Um, <laughs> but, um, or just, you know, um, they just have a, you, you get a bad feeling. Sometimes you get a bad feeling from a person just like life walking down the street. And you think, I don't know if I want to work for this person mm -hmm. because they were arrogant or mm -hmm. they were dismissive or they were pedantic or something. Um, but there's also, you know, you're... God, we used to audition in theaters, and that was easier oh, because yeah. you felt like, okay, I can, I can do it here, you know, because you yeah. feel like you're, you, you could imagine yourself yeah. in a performance, performing a song, performing the dance. But in a studio, it's this kind of perverted version of a pseudo-performance, and you're trying to impress people, get a job, be what you think they want you to be. So it's the, the stuff you could do to yourself mentally is endless. So I think you have to just go, come in with, let's say you have to sing something or do a scene. You go, this is how I think it should be. This is how I like it. I can't think about what they, I think they want this. Yeah, you you just have mind. to be true, once again, mm -hmm. be true to yourself mm -hmm. and true to your own um, creativity and represent that. I'm going to have to let this be the last words. I'm glad you all passed the audition. <laughs> Thank you all on behalf of the American Theatre Wing and the Broadway Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
We hope you enjoyed this special panel. These programs are brought to you in partnership with our friends at CUNY TV. On behalf of the American Theatre Wing and our partners for today, the Broadway League, I'm Howard Sherman. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Working in the Theatre. I'm Ted Chapin, Chairman of the American Theatre Wing. The Wing has played a vital role in New York's theatrical life for more than 60 years. Best known for creating the Tony Awards, we stand for excellence, but we also support education in the theatre, and our work reaches beyond Broadway in New York. The Working in the Theatre television programs, which are supported by the Annenberg Foundation and the Dorothy Strelson Foundation, are unequaled forums for discussions with today's most creative artists. Downstage Center's in-depth radio interviews were created in conjunction with XM Satellite Radio and can be heard on our website. Our annual theater company grants support New York not-for-profits and since they began have distributed nearly $3 million. We are also pleased to be the home of the Jonathan Larson grants, which support emerging composers and lyricists. For people who are starting their careers, we have a two-week boot camp for aspiring actors from colleges across the country called Springboard NYC. And our theater intern group provides a forum for young people who are starting their careers to build a professional network. All of the American Theatre Wing's educational and media programs are available for free on demand from our website, americantheaterwing.org. Thanks for your interest in the Wing, and thanks for watching.